Hey everyone, my name is Brennan Patrick, and you're listening to a very special episode of the Superlit Podcast. The Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community, and we are hitting our 69th episode. And as a treat, we decided to reach out to some of our favorite author friends to have them catch us up on any pr- new projects they're doing, any kind of like fun, collaborative thing they're getting into, and also, of course, ask some silly questions, because it wouldn't be the Superlip Podcast without silly questions. So without further ado, here is part one of episode 69. My name is Phil Samper, and you're listening to the Superlip Podcast. Sixty-ninth episode because how the hell have we gotten to this point? Um, <laughs> to do like something fun and reach out to the authors that we've spoken to and see like how they're doing. If there's any like new works, and it seems like you have a new work that's coming out, um, so we thought we could talk to you about that. Yeah, that if you're allowed wonderful. to talk about anything on it, I, I yeah, no, I'm, I mean I'm allowed to talk about whatever I want. Um, uh, but yeah. Um, would you? Was that your invitation okay, like to me to start talking about that? Okay. Yeah, if you would like to right. talk to us about it. Well, um, this is a f- yeah. I well, there's like there's so much episode. No, I know. There's just so much that has happened because I don't even remember when we recorded that episode, but I know it was before Gravity launched. So like that was. It, I'm trying to look in at January like, or so. Yes, it was. It was. Um, we did it in January. After, I think after we recorded with Ryan and we put it up in February. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah. So the gravity of us came out. That was my debut. Um, that was a, that was a journey. Um, mm-hmm. had a lot of fun with that until the pandemic hit, um, directly after it came out. <laughs> um, but it's been kind of a wild year and mm-hmm. it's, um, it's strange to now have to focus fully on my second book. I feel like, I spent so long in kind of interviews and stuff, just like talking about book one and talking about the gravity of us and like the, these boys. And like, I get to, it was so exciting to talk about for, for literally years leading up to it. Cause I got my book deal in 2017. That oh, wow. Now I am suddenly like, okay, well now I have to talk about book two and just book two. Cause we're on that now. Cause we need to sell <laughs> that book. Yeah. And then as soon as that's out, it's going to be like, well, we have to talk about book three and four and which is wonderful. Cause like I, um, I don't know if you saw, but I, I do. So I, I now have books lined up through 2022, which is wonderful. That's great. Um, every once every year or 2023, God, I have four. So I have four books on yeah. that are on that Ooh. I have to, I have deadlines for. So yeah. we'll just say that. <laughs> um, and so I'm already finished with the second book, even though that comes out in February. Um, and I'm working now on edits on book three. So it's just kind of 
you just fall right into the process. But book two is called As Far As You'll Take Me. The story follows Marty Pierce, who is a teen classical oboist who moves to London to kind of escape his family that's not super accepting of him. He's out there in Kentucky where he's from, but he doesn't really feel comfortable there. So he um, decides he's going to move to London and pursue his career of being a professional oboist and, you know, get into these great ensembles. And he goes, moves in with his cousin and um, falls in love with kind of the wrong boy. Um, And he realizes that this, this experience, while it's like, he has all these professional aspirations as he's worked so hard to get to this point for. He also is now getting to experience, you know, being openly queer for the first time, um, kind of making friends who become family, dealing with anxiety around like being out and queer and having a first boyfriend who doesn't treat you that great. And, um, and also just like living on your own with not having much money because he just kind of took his savings and went. Um, and he's dealing with all of this while he's trying to pursue his career. And it is just one big gay European coming of age tale, which I loved writing. Um, because it was really personal for me because I, um, my experience, you know, I, I was a musician. I was a music major in college. I was piano, not oboe, but I was a music major in college. And I remember that feeling of going to college and just having a new friend group just kind of take me under their wing and let me like just completely be myself. And then that was the kind of spirit I wanted to capture in this of like, yeah, you're going to go through some shit and it's going to be, you're going to be super anxious and like, you're learning all these new things about yourself and like what you're comfortable with and, and all this is happening, but also you're going to be able to kind of pursue your, your real life at this point. And your real life isn't just your career. It's also who you want to be as a person. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was just kind of so fun to explore with the second book. Um, Cause the first book I think was really like, it was really aspirational. Like I, you know, I love everything about that book. The gravity of us is just like nerdtopia. Like I got to put in every little fun fact about the like space missions that I was obsessed with. And then mm-hmm. had this super cool social media journalist character. who was nothing like me at all. Um, and this one I'm like, okay, well let's, let's make it a real anxious gay who like <laughs> can't, can't really function and, but is trying to function. And, mm-hmm. um, this is a little bit more of a, um, I guess you could say it's a little bit more realistic. He comes from a, a background where he's not fully accepted everywhere he goes. Um, whereas in the gravity bus, it was more aspirational in that. Like it was not, it was never a big deal that he was, uh, he was queer. Like it was never, their relationship was never a plot point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a plot point in that, you know, they were falling in love and that was great, but it was never a, um, a barrier. And in this one, he, he hits a lot of barriers. And I wanted to show that because I, I really like the idea of having a, two books that show very different sides of the queer experience and mm-hmm. um, even two different sides of like the queer realities out in the world. So yeah, that's, that's book one and book two. Having that's a very great. different conversation with each other, which I think <laughs> is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I also really love, I saw the cover art, I think, on your Twitter. Uh, yeah. It's very good. Oh, is that LaCroix? Yes, it is actually. You and Lacroix, um, okay? I'm a uh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, you know, I've never had that. I'm I'm a I'm just a seltzer gay in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so too. The thing is, I don't like Lacroix that much. I like their flavors sometimes, 
but I um, don't like that it's not as like carbonated as other ones. So yeah. I'm usually like more of like a Canada dry seltzer person or something mm-hmm. that's just like burns your mouth as you're taking a sip. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, really crisp. you know, we were in a pinch and this is, this is what they had and passion mm-hmm. fruit is a great flavor. So yeah. <laughs> sponsored by it. Look what. This is what we're here to talk about today. This is now a seltzer podcast. This is seltzer podcast. I'm here for it. Yeah. Wasn't there, I can't remember which celebrity it was, but I recently found out that there was like a celebrity who had like an onion ring Instagram. Lord. It's Lord. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just every onion ring she she eats, she takes a picture of it and rates them. And that's it. That's the whole page. It only has like six posts. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. I think people figured Uh, out it was hers. So she was like, she stepped up, yeah. Really? I wish you would keep going, though. Honestly, I was I was really invested. Um, but back to your book, Bill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, the cover. The cover yes. is pretty. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've been blessed with, like, some really adorable, perfect covers for yeah. The Gravity of Us and for, um, for As Far As You'll Take Me. Like, we went with a different illustrator this time, not for any specific reason other than we really liked what Jeff Osberg does. I mean, he mm-hmm. did, um, he did again, but better. Um, and then he did, uh, what if it's us? Mm-hmm. He does all of, um, Jennifer Dugan's mm-hmm. books, um, like hot dog girl. Like he just has like, I love his vibe and You're like, right. his art style. And he's like creeping all into it. Why? Like he, yeah. um, the sky blues by Robbie Crouch is a new book that's coming out next year. He did mm-hmm. that cover as well. And so we really liked the kind of like the cute aspirational vibe of everything he did. So mm-hmm. he was thrown out as an option. Um, and so he, we really came to him with this idea of like, we want to cover, well, we meaning like I talked with my editor about it briefly. And then we were kind of like, we don't know, let's figure this out. And then she went to her design team and kind of, they worked alongside him and said, we want something that shows his journey, Marty's journey from Kentucky kind of rural area to um, London. And we would like that shown literally. Um, So if you'll see on the cover on the left half is all um, kind of rural farm town area, like uh, has like a nice little water tower and trees and like cute stuff. And then, but he's walking into the London, um, the London underground, the, the tube, uh, the subway system there. And that's what's on the right side. And, um, in the middle is Marty. And he is like, obviously there's like, a, there's this feeling of movement to the piece that we really liked. Um, and I remember that we, we went through so many drafts with this of just like tweaking things. And on the first one, um, he had this like scarf that was like, just, I guess to signal that he was gay. I, I really don't know why. Cause it, the, the, he moves in like, july mm-hmm. or june yeah. um so it's there's he doesn't need a scarf even in london wow. um, but anyway so he, he moves it well unless it's the signal that he's gay um yeah. so he's like has a scarf um because they wanted to show this feeling of movement i really got that impression um right. and then but he like wasn't he was still kind of dressed in winter wear which like didn't super make sense and um and the oboe that they used uh, i mean they didn't know what an oboe really looked like gauging from that but um mm-hmm. so we had like so many different rounds of edits of just kind of like how do you make an oboe that like oboe twitter will not cancel me for um that was kind of that i won't cancel me for yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> no but like you you know what i mean obviously i just kept showing things as like 
he was holding his oboe in a way that like no oboist would hold it because their reed would get broken. And like, that would it, like, it was just like very, you know, I was like, no, I've never seen someone hold an oboe in any way that is not directly pressed to their chest. <laughs> and so it was just like things like that, where we just like wanted to do a lot of tweaks. Um, mm. But like the emotion of the piece was there. And like, as soon as the colors came in, it just totally made sense. And then he's, he's got this like pink denim jacket on. It's like very, um, I don't know, it was just, it was such a cool process to go through. Whereas gravity was a very straightforward process with the gravity bus. It was literally, we said, this is the scene we want to picture. And it was the two boys mm-hmm. sitting like mm-hmm. their silhouettes with the um, satellite launch happening in the background. And we just like, we, we both kind of like my editor and I both came to that conclusion separately. And then we're like, okay, well we have to do it then. And so that was much easier process, but this was, um, it was fun. It was fun to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. I have, an entirely new UK cover for As Far As You'll Take Me, which is going to be released at some point in my life. But um, it is going to be completely different. They actually went back to the designer of the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm excited to show what it is. Maybe by the time this comes out, it will it will be out there. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be cool to have two completely different covers showing That's two different so sides cool. of the book and of Marty. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited about it. Is there a different cover for the UK version of? They um, so they changed the the t- the typeface. So the the gravity bus is written different. They moved. Um, if you look at my Twitter, my um, my cover photo shows uh, um, the UK cover, and okay. so the, my name is down at the bottom in like a, a sans serif font, and they um, mm-hmm. they made it. They just, I mean, they they tweaked how it was styled to like better match what was popular in the YA space there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, so it's Bloomsbury UK who like is the same company as the U S but they have their own, like they know it sells in their area and they are yeah. also the ones who sell to all throughout Europe and then also in Australia. And they just like have a very different set of criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really interesting that, I mean, I always love seeing the difference between U S and UK covers, but I didn't have much of a change for the first one. It was just the text, which, you know, it's fine. I love both. Yeah. But this one, it's like, Ooh, okay. This is it's totally different, totally different cover scheme illustration. And I'm excited to see what people think. Cause you never know. People have opinions about things yeah. <laughs> on the internet. So they have opinions on the internet. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love it. Sophie, do you have any questions you want to ask Phil? Uh, <laughs> I know. I told you to come in head empty. I'm so sorry. I was like, it's just chill, right? It's just vibing? Yeah. Um, well, I figured that you wouldn't be able to talk too much about your book and such because it's not quite out. Um, and I thought, oh, you could do like some fun questions. And if, even though you've probably heard this a thousand times, but like, is there anything... Uh, any like good like queer like TV or books or movies or anything that you've been like really enjoying in quarantine? <laughs> uh, so I'll do books first because that's that's easier because I feel like I read a bajillion queer mm. books um, <laughs> and I, it's it's my job so I have to. Right. Um, I, I mean, you should see me in Crown has been one of my favorites of the last um, mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. or so uh, by Leah Johnson. Um, I mean, I absolutely love that one. Um, what else? Got Surrender Your Sons just came out. I really love that one. Um, but I read that like a bajillion years ago and, and mm. blurbed it. So it feels like it doesn't feel like a new release to me right. because uh, I read it so long ago. But um, it's finally out. And it, um, 
yeah, I'm I'm, I, I'm currently reading How It All Blew Up by Arvind Amadi, and I, I like that one so far. Um, actually, a lot of parallels between that book and my current, or the one that's coming out in February, where this um, the main character kind of up and runs away to to Rome, um, and then ends up finding himself and falls into a group of queer people where he feels more accepted. And so, <laughs> I was like, it's weird that we both had these like very aspirational like move to Europe, be gay, kind of. Um, <laughs> that's the gay agenda. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's the next uh, stage of life for everyone is just to move to Europe and be very yeah. gay. I think um, so. Yeah. <laughs> As for like movies and TV, I don't think there's been much. I, I'm not queer yet, but um, I've been or watching even 10, just like 10, not necessarily. Um, you know that one? Oh, Pen Fifteen. Yeah, and so there's. Mm. So I'm excited about the second season because there's um, a queer storyline with one of the characters that I've heard has done really well. Mm. Um, oh, not one of the main characters, but mm. it's one of the side characters. But I still just like. I was in Pen 15, if you don't know, is like it's set in seventh grade, but like the characters are, or like the actors who play the two main characters are actually like 32. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's set in seventh grade and they like, they try, they try real hard to make themselves look like they're in seventh grade. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's, it's this bizarre comedy where they just kind of um, just reenact what seventh grade was like back when they were in seventh grade, which like, so it's set in 2000 or whatever, like around that age. So it's like AOL, I am messages, that kind of stuff. And like all these things that I was just like, I was in seventh grade exactly when these characters in seventh grade. So I was just like the way they're passing notes, like the little, like, there's so many like little things. I'm like, how do you remember that? Because like, once you see it, you're like, yes, that was my, that was my life. So I'm excited to see like what this like queer storyline that is handled well, according to gay Twitter I'm like, I want to see that happen because I'm like, mm-hmm. this, you know, this was me in literally me, like chubby kid in the background. Who like, me, a 27 year old man cosplaying yeah. a seventh, seventh yeah, exactly. grader. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's funny. It's a bizarre show, um, but no, not, not queer, but um, obviously queer friendly. And mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for that queer storyline to come up. But um, I think I'll actually want to watch that now. <laughs> I mean, it's super fast. It's it's one of those like it's kind of cringe comedy where mm-hmm. they get themselves in these uncomfortable situations, and like I can only watch a couple episodes at a time because it's just like mm-hmm. oh God, oh God, oh God, why are you doing that? But like you understand why they're doing it because yeah. like we were all bonkers at seven or seventh grade. Like mm-hmm. we, we were all like that, and so it's just like it's so relatable cringe comedy. Yeah, that like uh, yeah. I, so it, I don't think it's for everyone, but it's um, and we're enjoying. It, and I was, I'm just like the perfect age for it. Yeah. I think I don't know how younger people would enjoy this at all. <laughs> I mean, because like, yeah. they're going to be like, what is AOL? Yeah. Also, um, speaking of Adam's book, um, I cut it out of our interview cause I didn't want to spoil that part. But um, I like looked at the back of the book when they got to the lover's wall and like the initials that are <laughs> scribbled on it. Yeah. I was looking at it. I was like, P S. Uh, that's Phil Stafford. And I don't know your partner's name, so I was like, I'm assuming that this is his partner. And then I was like, yep. that's Caleb Rovig and his partner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it was Caleb and his husband, Aldous, and then it was um, me and my husband, Jonathan, mm-hmm. um, which I think I thought was really cute that he was able to put all that in there. And then um, I forget the other ones that he chose to put in there because there are a lot of different ones on the wall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was very sweet um and 
Yeah, it was nice to read that again. Yeah. <laughs> in published form. Because again, yeah. I just never had it in that form. Mm. was that something that he like asked you beforehand or did he was like so by the way i put this in here hope you don't mind uh Um, really subtle it's not necessarily like only weirdos like yeah only weirdos like brendan (laughs) yeah exactly he didn't ask i don't think i think he just kind of showed showed me i i think i think it was in there when i by the time i read it so he would have told me this beforehand so he added in one of the revisions that he did Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff I've, I've noticed happens a lot and like in just with everyone else and their writing right. as well, like when they're like looking for a name to put in and like, um, I, Sean David Hutchinson's, um, copy editor, uh, is one of my friends from grad school actually. And, um, mm-hmm. she sent me a screenshot of, of like, there's a group of friends or something in there. Um, and he has like Phil S and like all these other authors in there that he writes in, which is like, he likes to do that. Cause also we all run out of names after like two books. I was going to say, like, I, I yeah. totally get it. especially if it's like a character that's just like a throwaway line. That's exactly. like one sentence. You're like, Oh, let me just throw my friend in here. Yeah. 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 No, I do that all the time. And, um, even in, even in the gravity bus, there's, there's a part at the very end where we, I list the six astronauts that go to space. And so we know that, um, that, uh, that Leon's mom is one of them, but I needed names for the others mm-hmm. and only one of the others had ever talked on the page. So I was like, crap, I need to come up with four entire names. <laughs> and I was already at the end of drafting this book. And I was How like, do you even no. come up with names? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, and so I like, put. <laughs> I dropped in one guy's name from grad school, never told him. I don't think he's read the book, so he's never known. I was just like, mm-hmm. just a little thing, but I was just like, you know, maybe I should tell him. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll figure it out. <laughs> There's something about you in this book, you should read it. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, that's there are only so many names out there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Really? I think that then the balance between being like, John Smith, and then like coming up with a name that's just like so weird that it's like, well, that's going to stand out too much for like yeah. a side character. <laughs> right. <laughs> when does your next book come out? <laughs> uh, February 9th. So almost okay. exactly a year after The Gravity yeah. Bus. Um, so that, that's when the, the new book comes out. And then also the paperback of The Gravity Bus comes out February 2nd. So the week before. That's usually mm-hmm. how they like try to time it because um, we have some like bonus things going into the paperback that mm-hmm. like we'll have a sample of the second book in the paperback oh, for the yeah. first book. And we'll do kind of cool things like that. Other things that I can't announce yet, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to. I don't. I don't think I have anything else. Did you have anything, Sophie? I know that we wanted to do like short little like, how you doing? No, just like a little check-in. Yeah, this was really fun. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, Oh my gosh, yeah. Thanks for uh, being available on my only day off. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, no problem. Always here for a quick chat. Um, (laughs) And yeah, if anyone wants to find me, I'm everywhere on the internet. So just search yeah. my so like, <laughs> I'm very, everywhere. I'm very easy to find. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hope whenever you are able to get a copy of as far as you'll take me that you enjoy it. Um, yeah. let me know if, and when you get one, um, cause arcs are now out, but they haven't really been sending them out places. So if, mm-hmm. you, if you end up putting in a request or whatever, 
they'll eventually get to it. We're just like so much farther behind with, <laughs> with the gravity. Yeah. Um, but it's just like a second child thing. Just like, yeah. we'll get to As a fifth child, I understand. <laughs> second child. Oops. My name is Phil Samper and you're listening to the Superlit Podcast. Up next, we're talking to Mason Deaver, author of I Wish You All the Best. See what they've been up to since we talked to them last. Hi, my name is Mason Deaver and you're listening to the Superlit Podcast. Yeah, yeah, great. That's it. <laughs> um, so we wanted to do something like fun for our 69th episode because it's just like a funny number, but also because like, why not? Um, and also like, it's pretty cool that we're almost at 70 episodes. Um, so we thought we'd reach out to our author friends and have them come back on and like catch us up on anything they're doing. So like, I know that you're in the process of, is it all the, the ghosts we keep? The- yes. Okay. I was like, I don't have it written down, so I do not remember. Oops. <laughs> um, if you are you allowed to talk about like anything about? Oh yeah, that's book, true. Or, like, oh. <laughs> forcing you to uh, <laughs> tell I us am, your secrets. <laughs> I am. I think I'm allowed to talk about everything, or not like spoilers, obviously. Oh yeah, like, no, no, no. I am 97% certain that I'm allowed to talk about the book. <laughs> like, Perfect. The cover has been announced. The synopsis is out there. I'm posting things on Twitter without getting permission and not getting in trouble for it. So, Oh, I'm there good. you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no one's come to find you yet. So that's all that matters. I, I, cause I, um, my, one of my editors sent me a image of the, um, of the arc sort of like wrap around so like the front the spine the back Mm -hmm. and i was like oh the back finally has an official synopsis that i did not write myself and put on goodreads myself (laughs) Um, so let me share that because that would be a cool thing to share on instagram so i just screen capped it cropped it i was like have a synopsis and no one has come for me yet from scholastic so that's good i guess we're flying wild (laughs) (laughs) Glad that you're not getting arrested by Scholastic for doing that. <laughs> Literary There's probably more things they could arrest me for. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let me, I want to actually, it's on your Instagram that you have this? Yes. Madden? Nope. Madden football? Madden Deaver. <laughs> Boop. Uh, first of all, how am I not following you on Instagram? Question number the, one. I'm not following Shame. Phil either. Oh my god, who am I? I'm not following Aiden. Wow, my Instagram was just like, do you follow anyone? Well, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I usually only interact with like the people we've spoken to and authors on Twitter, so that maybe makes sense. Valid. Yeah. I Ooh. Instagram used to be the social media I probably ignored. The, the most really I say ignored I only have like two accounts um <laughs> but in like recent months I am desperately trying to stay off of Twitter like keeping it away from my phone mm-hmm. and like only allowing myself to be on it if I'm at my laptop and that's only if I'm not working mm-hmm. um so it's been very successful but that means that I am now a bit more addicted to Instagram than I would like mm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. 
I definitely, I think I use Instagram the most just in DMs. I have like a lot of group chats on Instagram, but I don't really like. (laughs) We have like, what, three separate ones within our group of friends? Yeah, we have like an Animal Crossing one. We have like just a friend one. (laughs) That's all you need, really. Yeah. Yeah. We got to make sure we share uh, like all of our DIYs that our villagers are doing. (laughs) Um, Are you on, you're on Animal Crossing too, right, Basin? No? Yes, although okay. it has been, oh God, I think probably June was the last time I played it. Oh <laughs> I'm very bad Same. at it. Same. <laughs> very bad. I, I got my island to like five stars. I unlocked everything that was not added in like a later update. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like pretty much my only goal was finishing the museum. And so that wasn't mm-hmm. really enough to keep me playing for a hot <laughs> minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've just been like gently building my island because I like work very slowly on all video games, but I'm mm-hmm. like all in for all of the Halloween stuff that's happening right now. I'm trying to make everyone be really cute and just there's pumpkins everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I need to look more into like everything that's been added because I know you can dive now. I know the Halloween yes. update is going to be like huge, like lots of stuff is coming. So. Oh yeah. If you haven't played since June, yeah, there's a whole, like you can go swimming and then there's like special mermaid DIYs that you get from a little uh, sea otter who will hmm. pop up if you catch uh, yeah. <laughs> certain little things for him. It's very cute. I love the little sea otter. I love him. <laughs> Took me like a week and a half for him to show up though. <gasps> so rude. <laughs> he was doing other things. He was he was on all of my friends' <laughs> islands. <laughs> yeah, he was he was busy. He was busy and booked. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, our, our Animal Crossing podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our Patreon. Um, yeah, I just looked at the book cover. It looks really good. I like the the colors of it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I say as if I designed it. <laughs> you didn't draw this yourself? Choose. No, I did not. I did get to choose. We had like, do I still have the picture? Um, I'm going to show you guys a picture on an audio uh, medium. And that's love that. Fine. Mm-hmm. if i even still have it but my editors sent me oh god i have so many memes saved it was definitely post kim petra's concert um <laughs> i love that as a timeline <laughs> i have i have three timelines in my phone um it's paramore concert carly ray jepson concert and kim petra's concert and those are that's it that's all you need timelines and then uh, the the photos are separated by that uh oh here we go like i guess uh just do it that way uh like yeah six different covers and we kind of each person who was like on the team of designing kind of had their vote and like marketing teams had their vote and it kind of came down to me and I was like, well, I like this one. Uh, if I had to like, you know, rate them, like I like this one, this one, and this one are my top three. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the second one. The one that I said was like my number two was like the super popular one with everyone. So that's mm-hmm. the one they went with. <laughs> so I kind of, unlike many authors kind of got, to choose my cover <laughs> that's cool yeah it's uh it's it's most certainly not an experience that many people get to have. <laughs> yeah um, what's 
Oh, sorry. So no, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask more about the book. Yeah. Yeah. When, gonna... when is it coming out? Uh-huh. And like a little summary for us. So I can actually. I will read you the synopsis. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, yes. From Instagram. Yes. I just sent you um, Mason's uh, last illustration that they did, Sophie. Oh no. <laughs> Trash, in- garbage. We love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on Instagram. <laughs> Where else? We don't talk to any anywhere else. No. Oh, it's so cute. Right? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get into this sort of habit. Uh, I'm trying to get myself in like two habits every day now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's drawing and skateboarding. Ooh, hell yeah. <laughs> so two yes. very different uh, things to try and accomplish. Um but like taking both like pretty seriously, like I'm not like, well, I'm taking the drawing as seriously as I can with like anatomy classes on YouTube, which like, you know, anyone mm-hmm. can upload whatever to YouTube. So mm-hmm. who knows? They could be uh, garbage. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to just draw every single day and then, um, and then try and practice skateboarding every day too. Wow. I used to know how to skateboard, yeah, and now I don't. <laughs> um, but we wanted... To, so you were going to read the synopsis of the book? Yes, I can read you the uh, back blurb now. Yeah. <coughs> Clear my throat again. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. At least that's what everyone keeps telling Liam Cooper after his older brother Ethan is killed suddenly in a hit and run. Feeling more alone and isolated than ever, Liam not only has to learn to face the world without one of the people he loved the most, but also face the fading relationships with his two best friends in the process. Soon, Liam finds himself spending time with Ethan's best friend, Marcus, who might just be the only person who knows exactly what Liam is going through, for better and for worse. That's the back blurb. And it comes out June 1st, 2021. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. I, I was about to say, that's the year. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Someone the other day at work was like, oh my God, Christmas is like right around the corner. And I was like, please don't do that to me. I work in retail. I don't like that. I don't, like don't talk to me that. about Christmas until after Halloween. Christmas isn't fun. <laughs> How dare you disrespect Halloween like that? Yeah, honestly. Um, that sounds uh, like I'm going to cry while reading it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's going to be a good cry. <laughs> I'm trying to jerk at some tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get some emotions. Mm-hmm. And who knows if I have pulled that off, but I, every now and then I have to like reread the, the book for like editing purposes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, any, at any point in time when I've given myself uh, space from the book and I've kind of forgotten the things that happened in it and like the order, um, I do make myself cry a little bit. So we're we're hoping that works on the average reader too and not just my busted ass uh, anxiety brain. <laughs> well, we love um, to cry. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say... Uh, probably a majority of the readers are also got the busted ass anxiety brain <laughs> if they're queer. So uh, 
<laughs> You'll hit the right spot for all of us, I think. The common thread through all of us. Yeah. <laughs> We're all broken. I'll just be like yep. reading and be like, I don't know what happened. I just chopped a bunch of onions, I guess. Um, like three oh, days ago. My neighbors <laughs> must be chopping just, onions it's right just now. Catching out to me now. Yeah, it's um, drifting out. <laughs> the cats are chopping onions right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, that's all that's happening. Yeah. Um, that's very exciting. Uh, I guess, well, we don't really have much in the world of like PR and stuff going on right now in terms of like book tour things, but do you have like stuff coming up that you're doing or for it or the promo? I, uh, <laughs> That's a big question, mostly because <laughs> if you don't, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> publishing is in like in in such a weird limbo state yeah. right now, um, and we aren't sure if we're like allowed to do things. I <laughs> I, I signed up to go to um, to this book festival in Tennessee called CFS, um, and it. I like I I submitted like you know my information is like you know do you want to have me whatever and stuff like that and it came back and like they wanted me to go and I was like yeah cool awesome and then I reread the form that I had had for like a month and a half and it was only then that I realized that it was completely digital and I was like oh yeah that's a thing we have to do now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it just hit me I was like oh, okay like I don't know. I don't know if any um, if there will be like any book events in 2021. I that's just that's a weird thought. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of stuff we're gonna do for the book. <laughs> I mean, I I think uh, like not that it's exactly the same, but like New York Comic Con just happened and they did that all digitally. So I imagine yeah. maybe there'll be like some panels or or maybe some I maybe like so. readings yeah. digitally. That would be really cool. <laughs> Um, I I am always open to uh, doing more things, especially if I do not have to leave the comfort of my home. Yes, right. Now that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. That's not on that. <laughs> <laughs> and it would make it more accessible to a lot of people who probably wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to physically be wherever you yeah. are. So that's been right that's side. been the thing that's like stuck out to me the most with all these digital events. Like, I hope that when like quarantine is over even though people are acting like it already is over um but publishing i feel like is made of somewhat smarter people so like you mm-hmm. know hopefully no book events for a while um right. but like everything's been digital and so many more people who are maybe like disabled or immunocompromised or even just like live in a different part of the world mm-hmm. can like actually attend these events and mm-hmm. watch authors they like for like the first time. And like, I hope that sticks around uh, once everything is over because it's been, it's been great to get to talk to like readers who mm-hmm. are not in just America and really just on mm-hmm. my side of the country. Like. Right. Yeah. I think I've been able to do like a handful of things that definitely just wouldn't be an option. Even just yeah. like, uh, like, drawing wise and stuff I've been like doing some like digital figure classes and Mm -hmm. just like they're the ones I've been um signing up for are based in the UK so it's like well I definitely wouldn't be able to go there just on a random day yeah but but because of the time difference it's like 1 p.m our time is when they're doing it so I've just been like on my lunch break at work just like doing like drawings and stuff and it's just really nice to like yeah 
log on for an hour, do that, and then like go back to doing work. And it's not like a whole <laughs> thing where I get it, like leave the house, drive somewhere mm-hmm. and stuff. It's really nice. Yeah. I, on the, on the inverse of that, I <laughs> had a, um, panel in Germany at a, like a queer games conference. I don't know why oh, they wow. wanted me, but like, I mean, I'll do whatever. Um, talk to German readers. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> I think that panel started at, I think that, cause it was like a, it was a charity live stream. So mm-hmm. while the panel started at like 1 PM their time, it was 6.30 my time and like AM. <laughs> and I was like, why why? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Why have you done this? This time difference is homophobic. Please uh, really remedy is. that and get back to me. It really is. I hated it here. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, so I guess it would be nice to do that and then just immediately be able to be like, well, I can go to sleep now, right? Because I'm just yeah. in my house. <laughs> and that's the thing is that once I am up, I am up. Until oh. I go to bed again. Like, I'm not a nap mm. person. I don't fall back asleep easily. So it's like, <laughs> it was, it was, I, I went to bed that night at like 9.30, but like, it was the start of my nice. day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I haven't even thought, and it's funny because we always do like the digital interviews. So mm-hmm. I haven't even thought of like how like different, I guess like the Zoom culture is now. Like we also use this, which is so much better than, um, that other thing we were using. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even like realize that like, oh, this is actually so incredibly helpful for so many different reasons uh, for people to be able to like communicate. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also like, I think my thing is when I'm talking to someone and I can't see them talking, I can't, <laughs> with, especially with Sophie, we used to talk on that old app thing and I would FaceTime her so I could see her facial expressions. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm also really bad at, like, jumping into conversations if there's, like, a flow. So if I'm just like, ooh, 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 I have, I have something to say. <laughs> As a person who's easier. incredibly needy by Ariana Grande, I truly, um, <laughs> I truly need so many different boxes filled during a conversation. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah. Well, I guess uh, besides working on your book and all that stuff, you've been and you've been drawing and skateboarding. Mm-hmm. You've been up to much else uh, during our wonderful quarantine time. I can, I can look at the wall behind my desk and look at the one, two, three, four. I got it counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other active projects I have going on at any given time. Oh my goodness. Uh, because there are there are things that have been a ne- actually I signed the contract for that. Um, you know what? Fuck it, I can talk about it. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you message me tomorrow and you're like, I can't talk about this, I will just keep it for us. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, um, like the only reason the only reason my name was not it's an anthology. Um, it's called Fools in Love. Uh, it's Rebecca Potos and Ashley Herring Blake and. Um, each of us were assigned like a different sort of, uh, or we got to choose. Um, and I guess in any cases of overlap, uh, it, things would have been worked out, but thankfully no one wanted uh, my trip. Um, 
but we were each given like a different uh, romance trope and mine was there's only one bed in the hotel um yes. <laughs> which i i feel a little bad about because the story does not feature uh the bed all that often and i tried to like <laughs> i tried to sort of like play with the idea um that's supposed to come out next year i don't know i guess my involvement with it can be like confirmed when like the cover is revealed or whatever because mm. our our characters are supposed to be on the covers but obviously like our names are going to be on the covers too uh, working on that working on two more uh short stories for anthologies that have not been announced mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. cannot talk about those um working on my third fourth and hopefully fifth books um <sighs> Oh my god! Several, or not, not several. Uh, two potential uh, collaboration, co-written books, possibly in the works somewhere if I can find the time. And then um, another thing I cannot talk about because th- there is an NDA on this, so I am not talking about it. Um, but there is a certain company that wants me to do certain things that could be uh, a very cool. Uh, thing. So I, I honestly have too many things to work. You on. have so many things going on. <laughs> Booked oh my and God. busy. <laughs> Multiple five books. Holy yeah, crap! Right. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it's like it's it's in this weird limbo too, where none of it. I don't have to do any work on it. Um, like uh, even the ghost we keep. There's more. There's like one more set of past pages that we're going to want to do. Um, but like the the short story, the fools in love short story, um, which I don't know if I can, I can I mean I can say things about that. That's about um, these two boys in a super popular uh, like mega world famous boy band uh, escaped to New York to have like a day to themselves where they are not being like crowded or forced to rehearse or like all these other things and uh, what you know what they're also in love with each other and they have to share the bed Uh, (laughs) i feel like you wrote that that for me that sounds like a sophie (laughs) i feel like i feel like somehow i like my energy just like was sent to you because that's extremely up my alley <laughs> i the two main characters of that one are felix and levi and i Aww. love those kids a lot mm-hmm. and i'm a little upset that that's just a short story but who knows mm-hmm. um because i feel like i could do like <laughs> a lot more things with them um i don't even remember what i was talking about oh um, <laughs> the edits on that have not come back to me um let's see the two anthologies are like in negotiation right now and contracts need to be signed so like i uh won't do anything for that until like you know i have the contract and i'm Mm. legally obligated to be working on something um Mm. even though i will do like prep work (laughs) um and the other like the the nda idea i cannot or thing that i cannot talk about um I basically just had to craft a list of things and we would send it to a person at this company and 
they will tell us what from that list they like. So it's it's mm. all in this weird limbo where I have nothing to work on. And I'm sure that's going to change whenever everything comes all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have like a week to get uh to like reread the ghost keep to approve those fast pages and edit this short story and oh they liked this idea so start on it now oh and also your third book uh they want that so let's do that and- <laughs> oh my gosh that's a lot all at once too and i know that's just what's gonna happen too because <laughs> exactly it's how publishing works it is mm-hmm. it is long stretches of just you with your empty head and your empty thoughts and your anxieties <laughs> and then Boom, everything needs everyone from you within a week. And you just have to sacrifice every ounce of your mental and physical health to make it happen. Yeah, I feel like we've been hearing a lot of that lately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's a grand Uh, it's a grand industry to have a career in. Are you the type of person who like thrives on like having 8,000 projects? Like, are you like, Oh, as soon as I'm waiting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, like I, I laid out the note cards so I could keep track of where each project is. So Mm -hmm. I'll like, I'll write the title and like underneath it, it'll be like, this was sent to my agent or, uh, my editor has this waiting on a response or I need to respond to this, whatever. Um, but I also like the idea <laughs> of seeing like the things that I am working on because I I feel like I could always be doing something. And mm-hmm. I for most people that doesn't work, and I'm certainly not telling anyone that you need to have eight projects that you're working on or to write mm-hmm. uh endlessly five thousand words in a day or complete a forty 40- 40,000 word manuscript in a week. Um, that sounds so I, stressful. <laughs> I've done it and I can tell you it leads to a bad book. Uh, <laughs> like 40K in a week is not good, kids. Um, but like I like writing to the point where I just want to work on it. Like I want to be mm-hmm. doing these things. I like mm-hmm. to keep busy. It's just how my brain sort of functions so anytime (laughs) this is petty and like kind of not true but anytime i see like writer discourse on twitter that's like you know you shouldn't be doing this for eight hours a day you should not be writing ten thousand words a day it's bad for you i'm like that's funny i'm just gonna keep uh scrolling and uh (laughs) doing the thing that is killing my brain i'm gonna go do that exact thing (laughs) that's a very funny tweet that's a nice joke of yours thank you (laughs) we love your content (laughs) <laughs> that only like motivates I, me to do the opposite yay <laughs> like I should not be I should not hand out writing advice but literally so many like interviews and podcasts like ask me for writing advice I'm like no I'm not doing that I think that's the thing that we don't normally do either. I thought about that the other day in the shower <laughs> um, I was like oh I feel like we've never like asked any of our authors like oh do you have any writing like i feel like that's something we haven't done yeah <laughs> probably my like reason. my only <laughs> i only have like two legitimate pieces of writing advice um mm-hmm. and one is about like one is about agents so it's like to me it's actual valid advice but like you know if you're 
if you're starting querying and you don't even know where to begin with like where to find agents, like just go to a bookstore, find a similar book that you, you find a book you think is similar to yours, like genre, prose, characters, whatever. And like look in the back and see if the author thanks their agent because nine times out of 10, they do like in the acknowledgements. And then like, look that person up. Like that's, mm-hmm. if you don't know where to begin, that's what I did. Like I went through uh, Y contemporary books and like looked at uh, agents' names and I found mm-hmm. my agent in the back of a friend's book. And so I queried her. Um, but then like my other, my other advice is just like, most writing advice is useful, but does not apply to everyone because we're mm-hmm. all so different and like yeah on incredibly different journeys with writing so like mm-hmm. to give some kind of advice that you feel like is the end-all be-all it's just not helpful to anyone except for <laughs> yeah. you and that's fine it works for you but it isn't gonna work for everyone <laughs> mm-hmm. that's great for you <laughs> for you I feel like that's like a caveat that should be put at any advice. Cause mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, I feel like maybe if someone's asking you advice about something, they probably like look up to you somehow and maybe like identify mm-hmm. with you in one way or another. So maybe you can like infer that their situation is similar, but you should always yeah. be like, well, this is what worked for me, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, we are, we are all different people with, different, uh, <laughs> different opportunities Mm -hmm. that are given to us or that we take. And so Mm -hmm. I can tell you this very general thing that maybe you could try to do, but I will not guarantee that it will work. And I would not call it (laughs) advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you what I did, but you don't have to, (laughs) but don't do that. But don't do it. (laughs) Please don't do that ever. (laughs) Don't do it. Uh -uh. Would not recommend it. Here's what I did. Please don't do it. (laughs) Mm-mm. Do the opposite. Do not write. Mm-hmm. Do not write forty thousand words in one week because it will lead to a book that your agent thinks is vastly unfinished, and then two years later, you and your agent will make fun of past you for the stupid things that you did. <laughs> did you hear that? Everyone, Mason said, well, "Don't write." Period. <laughs> don't write. Do not write. Do not become Just a writer. Don't. Don't, don't do, do it. My advice, don't. don't. Do it. <laughs> That's the one big piece of advice from all authors. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> like, oh do you gosh. not have enough anxiety in your life? Okay, then you can... Is everything okay at home that you want to write? <laughs> you want to like, write something down and then here? have other people read it? That's the thing um, that's really... Sure, <laughs> sure you wouldn't rather just go to therapy? Like, it's probably cheaper. Like, well. You sure you want to nationally distribute all of those thoughts you just wrote down? All right. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry, oh, it's getting the too bravery, real. the bravery of any person oh, who no. fully publishes a book and really. is and gets it distributed widely. Just be like, yeah, I want everyone to read these things that I wrote down because I'm very proud of them. Especially when they have gay anxiety brain. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, it's good. Astounding. Um, like, let me put my personal trauma out there for the world at large to read. And, yeah. <laughs> And we'll all love it and praise it because it's beautifully written. <laughs> yes. And that is the end of part one of episode 69. My name is Brennan Patrick, and thank you so much for listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Podcast.